Hey, everybody. Welcome to Making Sense of It All with Jesse Sticks. Man, I can't tell you how good it feels to say that again. New Year's come with new beginnings, and I can't think of a better way to kick off this year than to bring on Ben Hippoly, the founder of Benchmark Training. He's here to sharpen our sales skills and to have a fresh set of eyes take a look at how we do things today and see if we can't utilize some re-education, new tools, or simply modernize our approach to our process of selling and sales management. Today, we're going to be diving into the benefits and some of the drawbacks of working as a virtual sales force versus the traditional model of how things were done in the past. We're even going to touch on how some organizations are utilizing a hybrid approach, trying to take the best of both worlds. There's so many tools that have made huge leaps forward in the past few years that we have at our fingertips that make all of this easier. We're going to talk about those things as well. So without further delay, enjoy my conversation with Ben Hippoly. Let's jump into it. Ben, thank you so much for joining me again. I really appreciate it. Jesse, thank you for having me back. I think it's a good sign if I get invited back. So I really do appreciate that. No doubt. And we've talked about it. You know, you're going to become more of a regular guest for me at least at least three or four times a year so that we can we can talk over different types of sales topics. Um, and we'll go into that more at the end of this. But um, so what's been going on? What's what like since the last time you joined us? I know that that's kind of a, a large breadth of time there. But but what's been going on with you and with Benchmark? Oh man, Jesse, what hasn't been going on with Benchmark? I'll tell you, it's you know we're helping companies navigate all these crazy pitfalls of the sales world, from hiring the right people, not wasting money on the wrong salaries. So it's uh, it's never a dull moment here uh, with the Benchmark team. But overall, been really good, and it's great to see companies navigate what's been going on in the economy. As you know, economies go up and down, industries change. So being able to navigate through that is something really important for businesses. And we like to be at the front lines of that. No doubt. Well, and, and that was a, you know, a big antithesis of this conversation was that the fact that so many things have been changing and, you know, not just in the last six months or 12 months, but really over the last several years, we really have had big things happening in sales that have changed the way that people do business. And one of the big ones that we wanted to talk about first was, was virtual sales forces and how people have kind of, they've been migrating from an office environment to a home office environment, hybrid office environment. But we really wanted to kind of, kind of break this down and talk about it because it really does affect not only the workers, but it affects the employers that are that are hiring salespeople and how they want to structure their sales team. So I'm really grateful that you had the opportunity to come on, join me and, and kind of break this down with me. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So first off, you know, we talk about a virtual sales environment. You know, I hate to I hate to sound simplistic, but let's define it for the audience. Really, what is a virtual sales environment versus something that is just say work at home or just something to where you're offsite. Yeah, that's a great point because work from home or offsite has been around forever, right? So now we've come up with this coin term of a virtual work environment. And really what you're seeing is the the natural not be in the office sales environment that's been around forever is still there. It's still doing the same thing. 
Now also what you're seeing in addition to that are these traditionally inside the office sales roles, whether it's inside sales or bullpens. Now those are also going to the home environment, right? So that you've got that virtual bullpen, which means that you have sales leaders managing 10, 12 sales reps, making sure that they're making the right amount of calls, their closing ratios doing what they're supposed to be doing, but they're they're managing and leading these sales reps, not in a bullpen, right? Not in the cubes in the office, but from anywhere in the world. I got to imagine that the skill set that you need to to manage this way and the 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 levers that you have to pull are going to be very different than what you do in person, yes? You know, that's great. That's a great point. I wouldn't say that the levers themselves are as different. What I would say is the most important component for sales leaders is that you have to be intentional about which levers you're pulling and when you're pulling them. That's the part that's changed the most, right? If you have everybody in the office and they're all right there, and you notice that something's not going very well, you can jump up and try to impact it, try to change directions. When you don't have that perspective of everybody in the center room, in that bullpen on the phone, then now you have to be more intentional. You have to be more strategic about the way that you lead your sales team. You can't just lead by reaction because you notice something. So would you say it's more science than art at this point? As far as you know, people always talk about sales and they say, well, there's the art of sales, there's the science of sales. But when you start talking about leadership and especially from a, you know, a virtual or offsite, offsite direction, I would, I got to imagine you start leaning more towards science than art there. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great point. So I think any instructor of any quote unquote art would tell you, man, there is such a science to painting, to brickwork, you know, fill in the blank. And and as a as a sales trainer and a sales leader over the last um, very many years, yikes! There, there's always been a science. There's always been a science to that. And the part that makes it feel like an art is that there are so many tiny nuances to that science. It's hard to document it, right? You can't say, "Hey, be a great sales leader. Do these five things, and you'll be great." There are so many things that you have to do, and they're all different based on the specific circumstance. So it feels like an art because of that. So to your point, yes, we've got to be more intentional with the science component. We can't react from our gut because we're not seeing everything happen right under our eyes like we used to. Do you feel like that that is a an advantage? I know that there's always advantages. People like to work from home because, and it's really because they can get other things done or they can put their attention in other directions as well as doing their work. But do you feel like that there are some significant disadvantages for those salespeople being offsite or being uh, decentralized? Um, you know, for the salespeople specifically, yes, they have the advantages that you mentioned. Hey, this is great because now. If I want to go play with my dog for a little bit, or let my dog out, I can do that, right? I don't have to drive home or get a sitter or whatever. So there are those types of advantages there. Let's talk a little bit about what we're missing out on as sales professionals. So the first thing that comes to mind that you'll hear on social media and people talking about it is you miss out on the camaraderie, right? That opportunity to, to be hyped because the person next to you just landed a deal 
right? And now you've got that extra challenge to to also land a deal for that day or hit that number for that day, what have you. So that's real. That is absolutely real. And we work with with dozens of virtual and in-person sales teams, and we see that being real. Now, there are ways, and we can dive into those, there are ways to try to replicate that in the virtual world. So you can do that. Just what needs to be out there for everyone to understand is it is real. That motivation, that friendly competition that you get in the bullpen or on the sales team that's in the office, that is real. Without it, our numbers won't be as strong. So if we're going to have a virtual sales team, we have to find a way to replicate that. No doubt. Well, I always feel like one of the things that people used to talk about a lot was water cooler talk. And they used to they used to speak about it as a, neg- a negative thing. They'd be like, oh, there's too much water cooler talk going on. But I think especially for young people that are in and we t- we're talking about sales, but I think it can be any any profession. One of the things that you get with that water cooler talk is, is there's so much unintentional learning that happens. Yeah. There's so many times where you're just having a conversation with someone who's a veteran or someone who's been doing it a lot longer than you have. And then all of a sudden you're learning things. You're under the learning tree without even trying to be. And I think that I think that one of the things that I've seen that has gone away in the last you know, three years or so is you've got all these people that have graduated from college who got a job, who are excited about what they're doing, but but they really they didn't learn all of those unintentional lessons or all of those, you know, all of those unofficial that whole unofficial training ground that the lunchroom provides or that the, you know, that the copy room provides or whatever, it's gone. It doesn't exist for those folks. And so unless they unless they know what they don't know. A lot of the times they're not discovering it until it's a hard lesson, until it's something that they're actually learning out there by failing. A great point there. So going back to your lever analogy as a sales leader, yes, you know, there can be too much of a good thing. Water cooler talk, lunchroom talk is a really good thing. Of course, there can be too much of that. Uh, no doubt there. That's a that's a lever that's done on purpose, right? There's a reason why offices will put ping pong tables you know, in the office, right? They want to keep people in the office. They want to create that learning environment, that camaraderie, and that's a lever that the company decided to pull and it's working. So now as a sales leader, I don't have to worry about it because I didn't design that area. It's there. My salespeople are learning from each other. When my sales team is virtual, I have to be intentional with that lever, right? I don't have the the community ping pong table to, to help encourage that type of dialogue. So I have to be intentional the way that I group my team members together, the way that I encourage them to communicate outside of the formal meetings and, of course, still have those formal meetings. So being intentional is really going to be the key there. There's something else, Jesse, it's really important that that salespeople could miss out on if they're not intentional about this. So you hit the nail on the head. You took you stole my words there, my thunder on learning from other salespeople, maybe that have been there longer, that have had opportunities to fail and learn from that. So as salespeople, new salespeople, we're missing out on that opportunity if we're working from home or if we're virtual, right? The other thing that we're missing out on, and I hear this a lot from people that I work with, and that is that we're missing on opportunities to, you know, maybe accidentally or maybe intentionally bump into the VP of sales in the hallway, um, see a, a, a group of, of senior leaders talking and get pulled into that conversation and have an impromptu 20-minute opportunity to show how good I am, to show the value that I bring to the team and to the company, right? We don't get that when we're working from home. So as a senior leadership team, that also means that I don't have opportunities to build bench strength from the people that I see out on the floor, 
Right. So as leaders, we've got to in, be intentional with building bench strength. As sales professionals, especially new ones, we have to be intentional in ways to show our value so that we can get pulled into these opportunities. I think it's a great point. And I think that there's, again, that's one of those things you don't realize it's gone until it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, so, absolutely. so, you know, real world, how do you, how do you overcome some of this? Like, what are some of the tools? What are some of the things, you know, not, not looking for you to pull back the curtain and, you know, you know, show how the magic is done, but, but, you know, what are, what are some of the things that you're working with your customers to put in place to try to build this infrastructure when it doesn't necessarily exist physically anymore. So, so how do you virtually bump into the VP of sales? Yeah, absolutely. So, and first let's pull back the curtain a little bit, right? So for those that are, that are watching and listening, this is important. If you're a sales leader, if you're new to sales or been sales for a while, it's time to be intentional with these kind of things. And uh, I'm pulling back on, on two specific clients we've worked with over the years um, the reason why I'm thinking of these two specific ones is because both of them said that prior to COVID, no matter what, we will never, ever not have an office, right? Mm -hmm. Never, ever not. I mean, they were just absolutely bound and determined to keep the office, um, not hire great talent that wanted to work remotely. Um, I've seen both of them miss out on amazing talent because of their determination to stay in-house. Both of those companies now are completely virtual, not hybrid, completely virtual, and are thriving and doing two very different industries, two very different companies, and doing exceptionally well with their, their um, remote or their virtual workforce, um, and in sales and in operations, actually, in both of these. So looking at that helps us realize that if, if we're looking for the solution, we'll find it. And the solution is out there. So for all the listeners who are maybe in kind of that gray area on either side of the fence, just realizing that there are ways to be intentional about this. So we'll look at two things here. First off, um, there's formal communication and there's informal communication. Both of those have been lost or at least watered down in virtual work environments that have not been intentional with their design. Right. Sometimes you, know, you hear the, the story of, I don't want to pull the team into too many formal meetings for whatever reason, fill in the blank there. There's so many of them. Um, or I want to pull them into formal meetings all the time because I can't see them and I need to have my thumb on them at all times. Right? Our formal meetings should have always been this way, but now there's no no more wiggle room. Our formal meetings have to bring value to everybody that's engaged in them. So being intentional with the way that we design, you know, a lot of companies, a lot of teams have that, that Monday morning sales team meeting. And we used to be able to get away with a, maybe a, a less structured version or a watered down version because of what we were talking about earlier. People come together. There's the talk before the meeting and after the meeting that's so valuable. So if the meeting itself was mediocre, there's value coming to before and after, right? We don't have that anymore. So that meeting has got to be valuable for everybody that's involved. And that's the formal side of communication. On the informal side of communication, you brought up water coolers. It's a great point. We don't have that anymore. Right. Well, does a team's message or you know whatever platform you're using message, does that take a does that substitute for the water cooler? It can help. It can be part of it. We need more than that. So encouraging teams to do things like have virtual lunch lunches together. Everybody gets food, you know, gets takeout food delivered to their home or wherever they're working. They're eating together, having those conversations and doing that on a regular basis. 
Think of how much money companies are saving by not having to stroke that rent check every single month. We could sure. take a fraction of that and buy lunches for our team once or twice a month, have them work in small groups or big groups in those lunches. They have to eat in front of each other and make a mess on camera. That's where you get to build that camaraderie back and build those relationships back. So those are just two examples of being very intentional with the communication on a virtual team. What about the hard sales skills? Like things like, I'm th and I'm thinking of like when you're talking about prospecting and communicating to potential customers, th there's always been, you know, the, the in-person technology that would help managers, you know, they would be able to sit in on a phone call, kind of listen to see how that interaction went or be able to sit in the room with somebody, join them on the call. Uh, you know, like not that you can't virtually connect somebody within a call in, in, in today's world, but but some of those things that were just in-person learnings, how are we replacing those? What are we doing to, to make sure that those types of hard sales skills are still being taught and learned on a regular basis to where people are con continually moving in the right direction with their with their, you know, with their body of knowledge, if you will? Yeah, that's a great question. So What's happened here is the good news is we can still do it. We don't get quite the same quality, but man, can we increase the quantity. So if you think about um, in-person sales meetings, and by the way, Jesse, they're still happening, right? There are still companies sure, who are tracking absolutely. in person and, and they're important, right? So we got to make sure we keep those. But specifically for this conversation, for those that are meeting with their customer base more regularly over a, a video platform, now that manager, right, that sales leader can jump in on a on a Zoom call, right, on, on a video call and be there for the entire meeting, leave that Zoom call and go do that again four times, right? That couldn't happen when the only option was in person. Fair enough. So about that value there as a as a manager. Now I don't get the dinner or the lunch with the customer that I would get when I go in person, but we're still we still have to make sure we're doing those. Maybe we're doing those quarterly. But the the meetings that we're having on a regular basis, maybe it's uh, the quarterly business reviews, as a sales leader, I can have four of those a day and touch my entire sales team or a portion of my team and never leave the office, or in some cases, like we're talking about, never leave my house, right? Not have to only just do one customer because I took two days of travel to go see them in person. So there's some great um, quantity advantages, uh, even though the quality may not be as strong. So we got to make up for that balance. Well, and you're making me really question whether or not we should ever go back to a traditional sales model with any industry with this conversation. I know one of the things that you and I had talked about off camera before we got started with this is that there's a lot of people also going to a hybrid model, kind of utilizing the best of both worlds. Can tell tell my audience a little bit about that? What does that look like? Because I think the value of the virtual environment, like you said, there's an enormous cost savings to re reducing some of those rent costs and everything else. So what does a hybrid model look like in today's world? So I'll, I'll disclose my bias. I'm a huge fan of the hybrid model and could not imagine going back to uh, the full scale model ever because of the, the huge advantages. So right. uh, we talked about too much water cooler talk, right? That's a thing. So the advantages of running into the sales VP in the hallway, the advantages of having that, that water cooler talk, the advantages of playing ping pong together, those advantages have a point of diminishing returns, right? If I spend 
one minute at the water cooler talking to a seasoned sales rep and I learned something, huge advantage there, right? But where's the point of returns? If I spend an hour talking to that same sales rep, probably not the best use of my time. So that hybrid environment enables us to maximize the camaraderie, maximize the learning from each other, building relationships internally without the overuse of it and the expenditure that comes from having an office that can fit all 500 of my employees. Think of cutting my rent in half if I can only have to service 250 employees at a time, right? So huge advantages of maximizing that in-person value, avoiding the the diminishing returns of having too much of in-person value, and and then still recognizing the, the hard cost savings uh, and then, of course, there's lots of other things that are probably worth touching on. But when you're trying to hire a salesperson, uh, if, you're, if your company is in um, California and there's a great sales rep that's maybe in the Midwest or a- other way around, right, you have access to great talent around the world. Right. You can still bring them in quarterly, right, monthly even, fly them in, build, build that in-person camaraderie and that relationship and take advantage of, of having talent that you normally would never have access to if you only had your office in that one city. No, I think that's a tremendous point. It really made me think about the fact that, you know, it's, you think about sports, you think about some of these, you know, more high profile professions where the top talent are the people that are the people who are really good at what they do. They get a lot of press, they get a lot of coverage, they get a lot of attention. So you know who the best of the best is in your industry when you're a baseball player, basketball player, football player. But when you're a salesperson or if you're a sales leader, to your point, now you have the ability to to go out and hire throughout the United States or throughout the world even. But but you've got to now, you've got to build an infrastructure to identify top talent all over the, like, you know, over a much larger geography. So there may be some opportunity there. That's just, that's just something I thought about. You know, one of the other things that you and I had spoke about, and I think that I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up is, is, you know, we've had a huge rise in artificial intelligence and in automation that's coming into things like sales and everything, everything else for that matter. Um, You had mentioned to me off camera and it's really stuck with me that AI and automation is pushing out the order takers in the sales profession. Can you expound on that a little bit? Kind of share share your thoughts with my audience when it comes to that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, my bias, huge fan of AI for sales. It is not taking away the the sales career. Uh, what it is doing, though, is taking away the order takers, which, by the way, is not the same thing as a sales career, right? Being an order taker is not being a sales professional. So we the technology has enabled companies to allow customers to do some of the simple purchasing, the routine purchasing on their own, right? Without the need for labor. So what does that mean for salespeople? It means that you can focus on those opportunities, the the whales, maybe people call them in the sales profession, right? You can focus on the more complex, higher margin, higher dollar deals without getting bogged down by those smaller opportunities, which is every every good sales professional's dream, right? That's that's where the money is. That's where the opportunity is. That's where I can move the needle as a sales professional. Right. So AI is, a, is really bringing the, the opportunity to, to get rid of some of the more simple components to sales and allow the, the true money-making opportunities, growth opportunities, or the company doing the selling 
those can now take place easier, more often. And also the benefit of the buying company, right? Where they, if they don't need to deal with a, a say deal on purpose with a salesperson who's really just in the way of the purchase, right? We've all been there with a, you know, a non-professional salesperson. Um, it allows companies to not have to deal with that headache right. and how they have greater access to the true sales professional. It's going to help them in this more complex purchase that AI, at least for right now, can't do. Right. Well, and I think we had used the the example of a copier sale when we had talked about it before. And you talk about, you know, the software being able to identify a good, better and best fit for somebody, which I thought was very, you know, very insightful to where it's you have a controlled you have a controlled amount of choices on something that you're like, to your point, you don't necessarily need to deal with a salesperson because, you know, you need the the actual copier. But you just need to figure out which copier that you're going to buy. So I think that I thought that that was a, a great example. Uh, the other yeah, thing. I got, so for all my fellow uh, copier sales people out there, I would be remiss if I did not include the fact that <laughs> the value they bring to their company is the fact that they're knocking on the door. Right. right. It always be harder to say no to another human than it would be to an email or now even a text, you know, spam uh, marketing piece that comes out, right? It's very easy to go delete, delete, delete on your phone to any of those. When there's a human knocking on your door, it's a little bit harder, especially if that human is trained properly to engage with you and to bring value to the conversation immediately. So the the value that sales people can bring to companies is just that, is that human to human interaction that puts your brand at the front of somebody's mind that uh, an email or a text will never be able to do as thoroughly. Well, and to that point, it's if you can identify what that value added activity is, to your point, the human to human interaction, the relationship building, the actual, you know, the the actual driving of interest in in setting up a relationship if you can if you can take that piece of it and have that salesperson doing more of that and less of the actual needs analysis and actually going through that and if you can offload that to ai well then you've just made you've just made his you wait right you've just made his his work is more profitable now he can get more done he or she excuse me but they can they can get more done they can actually be a more a more efficient at the part of their job that actually drives revenue so no i think it's i think That's it's tremendous neat. And that means we can do bigger and better things. Any Look at any industry that technology has stepped into and disrupted, and that industry is now doing bigger and better things because of that technology. Oh, and by the way, there's still humans right. involved in every component of that, right? So that'll be true for salespeople. It's a disruption. It's changing things. The, the strongest salespeople will thrive in this environment. Well, in all of these concepts, everything that you and I are talking about right now, to bring it full circle, this is what you do at Benchmark. This is what this is what you offer to your customers is you're you're training their people, you're helping them put a better mousetrap in place as far as that their system and how they handle their employees. I mean, this is this is this is what you guys do. Absolutely. You know, really, it's a, we don't, this is not our tagline, but it should be after what you just said. <laughs> you know, we help salespeople be human, right? Like we help them communicate properly, engage properly with your buyers so that there is that human connection element that's so important, that building of the relationship. So helping salespeople, yes, learn the hard skills, 
those are important, right? Just like programming AI to have those same hard skills is super important. Most important is how, as the salesperson, connecting with the buyer on a human-to-human level and bringing value that way. That's what we do. So company owners that are hearing this and people that run companies that are hearing this, and you know, you've you've struck a nerve, you've got their juices flowing, you got ideas going in their head, and they want to have a conversation with Ben. How can they find you? Uh, probably the easiest way to you're listening to this is uh, we're on LinkedIn. So Benchmark Training LLC is on LinkedIn. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn, Ben Hippoly, and uh, go to our website, mybenchmarktraining.com. You can get in contact with us there, get all kinds of free resources that you can start using with your sales team right now. We put them up front on the website so that you have access to them and can start building that culture of profitability that you need to thrive in your business. Ben, I want to thank you very much for joining me. I'm looking forward to having you on as a more regular guest throughout the year. Until next time, my friend, I will catch you down the road. Uh, Looking forward to it. It's a big compliment, so I can't wait. Thanks so much, Jesse. I value the opportunity to discuss sales topics like this with Ben because they really do affect all industries and how the sales functions are handled across all businesses. Ben is going to join me throughout the year to hit relevant issues and topics such as this. One example will be when we cover understanding communication styles for the different people within your organization. We look forward to bringing you that and so much more through 2024. For now, that's going to do it for me. I'll catch you guys next time.